Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Connor Lives. You're joined by my co-host tonight, Mark Schofield. We're here to recap the 2022 NFL Draft as we have not been on since the conclusion of the draft. And uh, we have a lot of things to talk about. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about the Cowboys, but talk about some of the other drafts that we liked and some of the other moves we liked as well. But before we get started, Mark, how you doing tonight? Um, I'm doing well, Connor. Good to be back with you. Uh, fun couple of days uh, over the weekend. Um, about 24 and 29. Um, I don't know which one of us is probably in a worse mood from Thursday. Um, <laughs> whether it's the Cowboys with 24, you feel a little strange. Whether it's the Patriots at 29, feel a little strange. strange. Uh, but you know, um, now that it's done and dusted, we've had a chance to sort of let the blood pressure come down a little bit. We got a chance to sort of dive into it, but excited to do that tonight, buddy. Here's the thing. Just, uh, we're getting off topic a little bit to start, but like Cole Strange was a good player. It was just like, who's a good player at the back end of the second round, yeah. you know? Now, if they got him at their original pick at 54, I would have been like, all right, uh, yeah. I, I could see it. Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of discussion that, Oh, he might not have been there at 54. And it's like, well, that's not how you do the first round of the draft. That's not how you do the first round of the draft. Number one. And number two, <laughs> the only interior offensive lineman that came off the board in the second round before 54 was Cam Jurgens, the center. Right. Like, yeah. I and don't know if that's exactly right. And don't feel bad because they're using, I've heard that excuse a lot for Tyler Smith. Like, well, they picked him at 24 because he wouldn't be there at 56. And it's like, yeah, you take, a better player. That's just yeah. the whole point. Like if you're taking a guy at 24, because there's a good chance he won't be there at 56, that should tell you all you need to know as far as like the value of what you're thinking of the player. Like right. if, you're cons- if you think there's a decent chance he's there at 56, she's probably not uh, worth a 24th overall pick or the 29th. Yeah, and, overall. And, and the whole thing, like but whether it's Smith, whether it's strange, whether it's somebody else, like we're, we're great in really process right now. Like, right. Mythic Strange could go on and be Hall of Famers and it'll look like fantastic picks. But right now, at least with respect to the information we have on the outside, it looks like they're both kind of reaches. Now, teams have more information. You know, maybe when Smith sat down with the when the Cowboys, maybe when Strange sat down with the Patriots, they just like blew him away on the whiteboard right. or whatever. And it's like, okay, so maybe their boards were a little bit different than like consensus. But still, we're great in process. Not these players. Well, we got, we think we got the Cowboys top 16. I saw that. I was just looking at that. How, 
All right. What's crazier to you? The fact that they drafted him at 24, which I think it's crazy, but at the same time, I, I can understand it a little bit, or that they had him above Zion Johnson and Kenyon Green. That That is crazier to me than taking him at 24. Yeah, that's crazier to me too. Like I, I, mean, I could at least understand. I don't want to, I don't like the process, but I could at least get it if you're like, look, we pigeonholed ourselves. We needed a left guard. We needed a plugging play offensive lineman. Zion and Kenyon were gone. He was our next best guy. You know, we felt like we needed to get him because we didn't like our options that we thought could have been there at 56. And we wanted to play, you know, pl- you know, place our bets that that he would be our guy and has some position flexibility. I'd get it. But the fact that they according to the deciphering of the board that they Which publicly it? disclosed the night yeah. of the draft, um, he was ahead of Zion and Kenyon, and that's an issue to me. Yeah, because if their board had Zion, Kenyon, and then Smith as their, like, three interior line options, one, two, three, whether it was, like, start of the 15 overall or whatever, and Kenyon and Zion had gone, you're thinking, all right, there's a little run here. Right. We definitely got to get ahead of it. Like you said, if you've identified that offensive line slash interior offensive line is what you wanted to address, I get it. If it's your top offensive lineman at the board, I want, has there been any reporting of them potentially trading down or thinking about trading down? They The talks that they've kind of brought up publicly is like they got calls, but they, they thought – they keep saying, which Twitter brings us up, and I think you got to understand who you're dealing with because the talk is, is oh, they were going to trade back, but the Titans were just going to come up and draft draft them in front of you. And it's like, yeah. of course, every general manager after they take a pick, they take a player that's highly criticized is going to say that they got a text from another general manager that said they were going to take that player if you didn't, just to make them sound smarter than, right. than they might. And, and maybe it did happen, but to me, it's just like, I'm not going to put too much weight into them telling me that because, I mean, again, it's just like, maybe that is the case, but it's just hard to believe them in the moment because I feel like you're trying right. to do a little bit of, you know, blossoming that pick into something it, it wasn't. But what I mean, look, maybe the Patriots. This is your fault. And the Cowboys viewed this board the same way and they had both Smith and strange like interior offensive line options one and two. I'm still blaming you for this. I knew you were going to do that. And it's only fair. It's only fair, but I think it's important to remember that this is a pick that had been talked about for a while. Yeah. Like I I remember one of the very first mock drafts we recapped, it might have been the very first show we did. It was when they had Smith at 24. I think it was Bo Kuyper Jr. And we were just like, that can't be happening. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, like you said, I, I, I'm blaming you just because it's funny, but also I think that, you know, you, you tried to make us look bad on the, the podcast with the mock draft and then you got, you got, you got, you got the, uh, I get Cole Strange. Okay. Cole Strange. So, I mean, so they, it's, they were it's like, only you know fair. What? We're, we're, we're I'm trying to find, but in return, we're going to uh, screw with him a little bit, but um, I'm trying to find what, because I had my notes from that show. Where is it? Right here. What did you want to do for the Patriots? Devin Lloyd, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we had, yeah, Devin Lloyd was what you did. Yeah. That was what you would have done. And that I was, was trying to give you a good player, Mark. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you did right by me. I only mentioned Smith before you vetoed it. I said it as a possibility. I said, I'm thinking Connor, maybe Tyler. And that's when you just. 
did what you had to do. Drop I don't the even veto. think you got his full name out. And I was like, absolutely. No, I, I think I just started Ty. Is there? It could have been any other guy with a Ty name. And just, I could have been Tyquan Thornton. Pick fifty for New England, <laughs> dude. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Pick there, like he's a nice little player. He is obviously get, tremendously fast. Dude, it's, it, it's like people were killing the Patriots, and I was like, I get it because the value is insane. But like every player they took, I was like, yeah, I love that player on day like, around two. two later. Right, right. And the thing with Thornton is. He goes at 50 after they move up. And then at 52, you get Pickens. At 53, you get Pierce. And at 54, you get Sky Moore, where you were originally. Tough, man. And if Thornton doesn't go on to have, like, multiple Pro Bowls and, you know, a couple of all pros, and one of those or more of those guys do, forget it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, remember. That's where I'm at with, like, and I, we talked about this on a podcast before, but like that's where I'm at with like Jermaine Johnson. Like if Jermaine Johnson turns into who, you know, yeah. it's like you could have drafted that guy at 24 and then got – I mean, it, it kind of blew my mind that guys like Darian Kennard and Dylan Parham and, and all those guys lasted as late as they did. Like, And that was my biggest issue is like in the draft, I hated the way that the receivers felt, which I, I really like Jalen Tolbert. Like that was excellent value. I'm glad that worked out the way it did. Yeah. But like if you if you were if you would allow me to see how the draft played out, then go back and do it like we do on the simulators and all that, I would have went, okay, cool. At 24, let's go draft Jermaine Johnson. At 56, let's go draft, which again, I, I don't know if it's medicals or what, but Darian Kennard or Dylan Parham, one of those guys that can yep. that can offer some flexibility. And then at 88, we'll stick there and pick Jalen Tolbert. Like I would have liked that haul better. But I mean, again, I, I was higher on Sam Williams than a lot of people. Um just based on the fact that he, we talked about it a lot. This process is like those explosive athletic traits. Yeah. If there's one position they seem to translate at, maybe with a little bit of time more than others, it's the edge rush position. Right. We've seen it yeah. with Gary. We've seen it with um, plenty of guys who have the athleticisms that the tape really never, you know, put it all together. People have second, third round grade on these guys. And then, you know, they end up figuring it out with good coaching. So Sam Williams, I was fine with that pick. A lot of people hated it. They were like, that was the worst pick of the draft. But I I actually, I liked it. Um, I think he's a, uh, I think he's an explosive, long, physical, you know, edge rusher who played in that four, four eye role in Ole Miss. And if you get him out as as a seven tech and Dan Quinn's scheme, I think his athleticism and speed and burst will let him shine. So I was fine with that. Um, I know you weren't quite as high on Jalen Tolbert as I was, but but what did you think of the Tolbert pick? As I mean, to high? get him at 88, given the way the receivers fell, I thought was great. Like, you know, I had seen some boards that had Tolbert in the, like, 50 range and Pierce in the 90. I kind of had those guys flipped. Um, so to get him, that's kind of like a sweet spot for it. Yeah. Like, I think that pick was fantastic. If they had done that at, like, 56, if – they had done that at 56, given that like receiver run we just talked about in the 50s. I was like, hey, maybe that's a little right. early, at least from where I sit, but I could I could get it because I know like people like you and others were much higher on him than I was. So maybe I was the outlier. So to see him go there at 88, I thought was fantastic. I mean, I look, we talked about Damone Clark. I mean, he goes at 176, and yeah, he's got the disc issue, 
but I really liked him. Yeah. I really liked him as a player. So to get him at 70, 176, I like, I liked Ridgeway too. At yeah. 178. I think that's a really good pick. I, I didn't, I, I'll, I'll say right now, I did not watch any of the North Dakota state tackle. I mean, so North, North Dakota, Dakota yeah. excuse me. Um, yeah, no, I, so, I, I, I watched senior bowl tape of him. And then I watched like, like I didn't have any all 22. So I, I think I found like one game on YouTube, like cut up yeah. that I watched um, before the draft. And I, I, I mean, I was not a big fan. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's like the, super super raw version of trevor pinning where you got this yeah. big physical relatively athletic dude given his size and like okay he has no idea really how to play yet right let's see if we can mold him so i i, I don't care about you know i just flipped those picks for me like it went damone clark it went um john ridgeway and then i was like okay devin harp or um matt well let's go and um you know that Rumble. i just kind of yeah, yeah, I kind of flip them for me that way. It makes right. it makes more sense to me. I'm like, okay, I can understand that. But what about what about Ferguson, the tight end? I will like the value. So I didn't love his game, but I saw I saw him as like a fourth round tight end, where it's like, yeah. hey, he can do some nice things. Like people view, I think it's because he went to Wisconsin, they viewed him as like this massive blocker, and I was like, that's not what he is. I mean, like he's kind of like we talked about with, you know, with with. There's somebody you really liked in this tight end class where Kohler? He, who was it? Was it Charlie Kohler? Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. think that's who it was. And you know, you had said like he's not a great blocker, but the willingness is there, and like he's yeah. got the size to grow into a better blocker. And that's who I wanted at 129 was Charlie Collier, and he went the pick before I think it was, which was kind of a bummer. But um, I mean, I think Ferguson is a solid you know, day three tight end, a guy who I think is going to come in. He's going to play a, you know, relatively solid role for you. He's going to catch, you know, 20, 30 balls for you, you know, probably in his rookie season. He's not going to be a dude who's going to score eight, nine, 10 touchdowns or have 900 to a thousand yards. But the thing I'll say is we kind of said those same things about Dalton Schultz a couple of years ago, where it was like coming right. out of Stanford, it was like, yeah, he's a solid blocker. Not great. Doesn't do a ton of cool things as a receiver, but you know, he's, wasn't really asked to. So I kind of view those guys in a similar light and go, okay, it worked out. Dalton Schultz developed. Let's see if we can kind of give Jake Ferguson that same opportunity to grow into a better player, given the a new offense and new offensive scheme. Yeah. And what's interesting with him is like, you know, Wisconsin tight end. It wasn't like they like ran the passing game through him. Right. I, I think there's like almost, more potential at the next level like rucker yeah exactly it's they they were very similar to me it was like right you know with rucker it's you got a lobby and you go garrett wilson like you're not going to throw to this guy too much with ferguson it's like it's wisconsin like it's a big 10 passing game like they're they're run first offense more than anything else but i thought there's like more ability there than perhaps i thought college like almost like like i felt that way about tommy tremble Right. You know, I think it was two drafts ago or last draft or whatever. Yeah, where it's like they used it was a blocker. Yep. But I felt like there was more to him. And I kind of feel the same way about Ferguson. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like I said, he's got, you know, he's got your – I mean, him and Rucker, like if you stood them side by side, they look kind of similar. Like they're yeah. similar heights, similar weights. You know, I think Rucker's a better blocker right now than what we saw from Ferguson. But – I mean, I, I liked it. It wasn't like a pick that I stood up and, you know, fist pumped for. And it wasn't a pick that right. I dropped my head. And I think I had him graded as my 135th overall player. And they took him at 129. So it was like, yeah. okay, you know, that's 
pretty solid value. It took him kind of where I saw him. Um, right. You know, but it was, I guess for me, those next two picks, which we kind of talked about, but well, let's go. Like I had a seventh round grade on, on the little film I had. So that one, I was like, geez, that's early. And then Deron Bland was a guy that we knew they kind of liked because he was a 30 visitor. Um, yeah. And I don't have any all 22 tape on him. So all the video I've seen on him has just been cut up stuff. Um, I actually watched like two hours of a full game of his from Fresno state the other day. Cause I had no other way to watch him. So I was like, you know what? I mean, I, I don't see it, but he's a six foot corner with 32 inch arms. He's 200 pounds. He, you know, he's a high effort, um, you know, vertical kind of, man cover corner so i can see how his fit in that defense would make sense um and then you know they closed it out with devin harper who was another guy that i just was like yeah this is pretty early you know you watch him with with malcolm rodriguez at oklahoma state and it's like okay you got two guys who trigger downhill go to the football run sideline to sideline but i thought that you know that's a guy you probably could have landed in priority free agency but at the same time i'm not going to Criticize. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if they liked him, you know, it's your last pick. Like, why not? Yeah, Andy's got like him. insane athletic traits. I mean, like, yeah. his testing was was nuts. So I, I don't really care, you know, there. I'm not going to put a bad grade on a six round pick because they yeah. like the athletic profile of the guy. Um, like I said, I mean, really, if I had to grade the, which I did this, I wrote this the other day, like, if I had to grade the draft, I'd probably give it like a C, C plus, because I feel like the first round reach was that massive that it really kind of puts a bad mark on the rest of it. But I like the Sam Williams pick. I really like the Jalen Tolbert pick. I like the Jake Ferguson pick. I didn't love the the first two fifth round selections, but being that they got a guy like Damone Clark and then um, John Ridgeway later in that round, it kind of just made it a sweeter deal. It didn't make it, it didn't stain it as much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I really like the second to fifth round picks. I mean, if, if Clark gets back, you know, I mean, he might be basically a medical redshirt for this season because of the surgery, but right. you know, he's a guy that I thought was like a day two pick before That's, that injury. Yeah. It's it's so to kind of get him, maybe he's a day two pick you kind of consider him a day two pick in next year's draft, which I think is pretty cool. I do think it's insane that, which we, I think you commented on it on Twitter, but like it was, I'd kind of been tipped off a little bit that they were like considering him depending on where he fell. Cause they still had a pretty high grade, grade on him. Um, so when we, when somebody posted his RAS profile, like I, I was like, yeah, if he's still available on day three, like I'll take a chance on that. Um, I think you actually commented on it. was like, yeah, he did all this with the, you know, like a couple of days before he got the surgery. And yeah. that's just, I mean, I mean bonkers i've got his res the the unofficial one four five seven with an eight with a what one six ten yard split uh 36 inch vertical 36 and a half 10 seven in the broad with a herniated disc yeah that's insane to me and, and i'm not going to pretend it's another like reminder that these people are just superhumans yeah like they're they're superhumans like i had a bunch of people asking me like so what you know like trying to explain the injury and I'm, I'm obviously not a doctor, so I don't know, you know, like people have herniated discs all the time and come back and play fine. And they're trying to figure out like he had the spinal fusion surgery and they were like, is that different than just like your herniated disc? And I was like, dude, I have no clue. Um, I mean, I'm yeah, sure. I mean, basically what it is, is they put two discs together, right? Like one's worn down to the point where they just kind of like fuse it to the one next to it. So it's sort of, and you know, realign it. So they're back in place. Somebody asked, is that the same surgery that Pate Manning had? 
I think it's similar. Okay. I'm looking at Manning's. He, he turned out all right, I, I guess, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he turned out okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like I said, it, it was a – um. It's it, And I hate to, like, kill Tyler Smith because truly, like, I can make sense of it that you had – I don't like the process because I feel like they pigeonholed themselves into going offensive line in that first round no matter what happened because they did nothing right. for it in free agency. They let Connor Williams walk. They cut Lyle Collins. Like, it was yeah. like, okay, we have to draft a left guard. Like, yeah. or a guy who can play right tackle. We can move our right tackle to left guard. Um but, like, the upside with Tyler Smith is evident. Like, we can sit here and we can criticize a pick. We have criticized a pick. I've criticized a pick. But I will admit that, I mean, there aren't many dudes with that size, that length, that power that can move that way. So, if he can figure it out, and that's my biggest issue is I just don't trust Joe Philbin and the Cowboys offense yeah. staff to figure it out. If I did, I'd be like, okay, take that D-minus value and let's turn it into – C plus because the, the staff, I have faith in the staff to develop the guy into a player that could be a really good, you know, left guard. And, and in a way, I think the grades also kind of reflect the process leading up to it. Right. right. Like it's, it's in a weird way. It's like the, the final season of game of Thrones, like everybody hated it, but like the finale and things like that, they made the best of it. They tried their best to land the plane. It was everything in episodes like three, four, five, six going into it that were just so bad that they did the best they could in the end. And it's kind of like, look, you let these guys go. You've now created this need on the offensive line and particularly on the interior of the offensive line. Now you're trying to do the best you can to sort of fix it. And at this point in the draft, at that pick, this was the best option you've identified. Yeah. So and I, I do put yourself into this position. That part of it was bad leading in. Now you're trying to make the best of it. It's funny because they announced him as a tackle, offensive tackle, Tulsa, Tyler Smith. Yeah. So I do wonder if they have plans to maybe try him on the right side and then maybe move Terrence Steele to guard, who's played some guard yeah, throughout maybe. his tenure. Um, but that was the thing is, like, I don't think the guy can play tackle. Like, I watched him play left tackle right. with Tulsa and get his ass whooped. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean – it, it, it is a little bit scary that if they view him – and, again, maybe in three years he could, but that's a ways down the road. So, um, you know, I, I just – I was – I heard, like, Daniel Jeremiah today, which obviously he's got 32 teams to pay attention to. Like, he's straight right. up said he's like, they're going to play him at tackle. And, I mean, I hope that he just meant eventually they're going to play him at tackle because not hopefully one. Tyron Smith isn't going anywhere you know, this year or next year. And I hope that right. they don't plan on playing them at tackle, right tackle this year. So it could be, uh, it could get uglier um, <laughs> if they decide to do that. But yeah. there's some other, you know, we, I mean, again, this draft was nuts. We saw the AJ Brown get traded. We saw a bunch of trade-ups once they started to happen. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else 
and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What are some other moves in this draft that you just, you absolutely loved? Um. I, I like teams going up to get receivers. You know, I, I like New Orleans coming up. I like Detroit coming up to get Williams. I thought that was a fantastic move. I mean, I, it's hard to give credit to a team like Baltimore. Like, oh, man, they had a great draft. It's like Kyle Hamilton fell into their lap, you know. And then but there also the are a lot of teams that I don't think draft him. You know, like they, st- they, they stick to their position need board and go. Right. You know. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think what they did was they just des- they do deserve credit because they took advantage of two guys falling because of positional value concerns. Right. And they got the two they got in the first round, two of the players that everybody looked at right up until like the last week or so when everybody sort of loses their minds right. as by and large the best at their position. Like other positions, quarterback, receiver, offensive tackle. It's like, yeah, maybe you like this guy, maybe safety, it was Kyle Hamilton. Center, it was Tyler Linderbaum. They got both guys in the first round which yep. I thought was really good. Um, I liked what the Jets did. It pains me as a Patriots fan. Um, you know, I, I had said a long time that Sauce was the perfect corner for Salah. They got him. Then to get Wilson to 10, I think, makes a lot of sense. And then to go get Jermaine Johnson, I, I just – smart move there. You have the draft capital to make that trade. I know that there's a lot of discussion about the Hall pick in the second round. Not a huge fan of it, but after getting – you know, some people's CB1, after getting some people's wide receiver one, after getting the guy that was getting some edge one buzz for a little bit, you know, then you get a running back that's going to be part of a rotation for your offense. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely agree. Like I said, I, I I mean, it just – it blows my mind that – like, I mean, like you said, it's hard to give, like, Baltimore too much credit when they just drafted, like, like you said, the best player at center, the best player at safety – but also, I mean, like I said, like I, I will give them some because how many other teams passed on those guys to take right. you know, Tyler Smith, you know, like <laughs> whatever, you know, it, I feel like, I feel like you see, you could see it go a different way too. Um, but I mean, to have like Travis Jones fall to him, right. they drafted, didn't they draft David Ajabo or am I making that up? No, they drafted Ajabo too. I mean, dude, <laughs> it's like every – I mean, that's a perfect situation for him because they have enough on defense. They have enough to where they don't, like, need him right away. They're going to be yeah. a good team. So, like – They can legit medically redshirt him. And yeah. some of the medical stuff, like the Kobe Dean falling. Right. Like, that blows you know, my mind. Teams, like, make it smart moves because guys are falling because of medicals. Like, I think you get Ojabo at 45. When we were talking about him as a top 15 player yeah. a couple of months ago before the injury – that's fantastic. They get Jones at 76. I thought he was going to be the first pick of the second round. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
I mean, that blew my mind. I was like, what is that? I mean, we talked about, you know, uh, we talked about Travis Jones as like the Jordan Davis consolation prize. It's like, oh, if you miss right. out on Jordan Davis in the top 20, then just take Travis Jones at 35. And like, you yeah. got a guy that's kind of similar, just didn't play at Georgia. Um, right. But I mean, I think I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, unless I missed it, you didn't mention the Giants draft, did you? No, I didn't mention them. See, I loved it kind of flattened out a little bit there, but I loved what the Giants did, especially early. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, when you get Kayvon Thibodeau, who had a chance to be the number one overall player in this draft, and then you get Evan Neal, who was, in my opinion, the number one overall player in this draft. I love that. I didn't love the Wandale Robinson pick that yeah. early. That felt early. Um, but I do think they got relatively decent value there with Joshua Azudu, a guy we yep. talked about. Um, it's tough because, like I said, they, they went – and they just crushed it early, and then it kind of faded, um, you know, into day two and day three. But, man, when you, like, get those guys at the top, it's just hard to put too much of a stain on it. Yeah, I mean, you got in Neil and Thibodeau guys that were, this time last year, like, Thibodeau was the consensus 1-1. Yeah. Like, everybody was like, Kevon Thibodeau, he's going 1-1. Now, obviously, they changed a little bit, but you get him, and then you turn around and you get Neil – for many people, he was OT one, not everybody, but for many. And he's a guy that they have a glaring need at right tackle. And he steps into place there right away. And maybe at some point he gets moved to left, but it's not like, you know, you draft a Quanu and he's, he's moving positions a little bit. You draft cross and he's moving positions a little bit. Neil has played right tackle. Like, you know, it. it's not yeah. a projection. And yeah, I mean, the, the Robinson thing was a surprise. That was probably a, I know they're denying it, but it's a, it's got to be a window into Katarius, Tony, and what's going on there. Um, you know, Flott's an intriguing corner, you know, to get him at 81. I was surprised that at 43 they didn't – and maybe it was just a reflection of there wasn't a corner that they liked available, but, you know, where he's seeing that they got to let go of Bradbury because of the money. They don't have the money right now to sign their free agents, their rookie draft class, and so – you know, Awante Taylor came off at 49. Maybe they didn't like him. Cam Taylor, uh, Brett at 60. Maybe they just didn't like him. But, you know, there were other corners they could have dressed earlier yeah. other than perhaps Robinson. So, I mean, you know, when that's you include, When you include A.J. Brown and Philly's draft hall, too, that gives them a nice little, you know, for not having a ton of selections. I mean, to get Jordan Davis, you know, where they got him, um, yep. you know, that solid pick. You know, again, I wasn't quite – as high on Jordan Davis as some people, you know, seeing him as like a top 10 talent, you know, because of the way he tested. But, I mean, I think he fits their defense really well. And in a division yeah. where you're going to have guys running the football, I think that that makes a ton of sense. Then to get A.J. Brown for really not that much, a first-round pick, a late first-round pick and a third-round pick, thought that was yeah. decent value. Um, I like Cam Jurgens where they got him. Um, I think that he's a guy that can come in and play some guard for you if you need him to. But, I mean, I think you're kind of drafting him to be Travis um, – I mean, Jason Kelsey's replacement here in a few years. Then again. And, and Jason Kelsey basically made that pick. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then, I, I thought that was amazing. Um, you know, so so he had been studying centers, and he sort of liked them the most. I thought it's interesting that Philadelphia clearly has faith in their medical team. Yeah. You know, because not only Dean at 83, they signed Carson Strong as an undrafted free agent and gave him, like, you know, the biggest UDFA contract, if not – in a long time, at least this year. Yeah. Like, no, no, I mean, like, thousand guaranteed drafting the coach. I mean, I can't believe Dean last as long, especially if it was just the peck. You know, I know he's had 
things that have banged him up throughout years and stuff. But like, right. it was solely the peck that was getting flagged. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could play for 15 years and be a stud, you know, like what yeah. we've talked about. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take that uh, redshirt year anytime. But even in the sixth round, like with not a lot of picks, like I like Kyron Johnson there. I think that they got a guy who, you know, could play some of that outside linebacker, can rush yep. the passer a little bit, um, has some juice. And then Grant Calcaterra is a guy who, you know, if anybody has shown the ability to develop some tight ends, it's been Philadelphia. So, I, you know, I yep. kind of like his fit to possibly develop into a role there in Philly. Um and since we've kind of talked about the NFC East teams, Cowboys, Giants, um, and Eagles, what did you think of Washington's draft? Because I think, I think that one was very—it's—it's it's a head scratcher for me. That's like, how I was. I did not like it. I like Dotson at the I end of too. the first. I feel like sixteen was just a early, quite a bit early on him. I like Mathis. I think Mathis at forty-seven. I'm okay with. Like I liked him. Maybe others weren't as high on him and think 47 to reach, but I kind of liked that pick. Robinson's a head scratcher to me. You but know, you, you'd, back you'd, I mean, you'd say Mathis, that's still probably early. Yeah. 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 That's how I was with every single one of their picks. I was like, I like Jahan Dotson. I feel like that's a half, you know, feel like he's a guy who should have won at 32 and you took it's, him at 16. Yeah. It, it, everything seemed like 20 picks early. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. How will. If Sam Howell, I said Sam Howell's best fit was Washington. I said that before the draft, and I thought he might have been their pick at 47. So to get him at 144, I'm okay with. Um, I actually, I went back and looked at my way too early mock draft from last May, and I had him to Washington at eight. So I feel like that, that's a W. I also had Carl Loftus to the Chiefs at 32. I got really? that right, too. So I was kind of excited about that. I mean, the Chiefs if, had a good dra- draft too. We didn't even mention them. I mean, they Chiefs had like a very a, good draft. They landed. But, I mean, yeah, all of it seemed like at early. least, except for Howell, at least like twenty picks early. Right. Cole Turner, I kind of liked, but still, even a one forty nine, that seemed early. early. Yeah, yeah. It's like every player they drafted, I was like, yeah, I don't mind. Like, I like the like the hot Dotson. I really like Dotson, but I was like, yeah. I liked him at kansas city's pick you know and yeah, then it was like yeah, 29 Mathis. i was like sweet if he was there at 88 i'd be pumped to draft him at 88 i feel like he'd be a great player at 88 and they take him at 47 and it was just like every round it was like that you know where it's like i like the player but yeesh i feel like yeah that was a, a round early you know a round and a half early um is there anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here i know people are we're a couple days removed from the draft so i don't want to take yeah up. i mean I'm looking through right now. Like you said, the Chiefs, I think, I really liked what Indianapolis did. And what's amazing, and I actually wrote about this, I don't know if Chris Ballard and Kent Lee Platt are the same person, (laughs) but everybody they drafted was like an elite grade at the RAS. I mean, we knew they were going to draft Alec Pierce, right? Yeah, we knew Alec Pierce was coming, but then Jelani Woods, uh, Raymond to get him, cross-tested, even Johnson – like tested extremely well. It's like Ballard basically he he must be math bomb. Have you heard anything on why Darian Kennard fell as far as he did? I haven't. I just don't get like I don't I don't get it all. I mean like I, I get how people can be like that's a big dude. How's he gonna move? But Daniel Falele still went in the third round. Like I feel right. like if Kennard went in the third or fourth round, I'd be like, okay, but he went in the sixth. I think it was, it was, I mean, it was nuts. 
And again, like he's a guy that we talked about drafting at 56 at some point. Yeah, he went in the fifth. Still. Like 145. And yeah, he was getting legit first round buzz. Yeah. I just I I didn't get that one at all. I did, I, I don't know. know. I mean, you wonder was it like meetings? Was it Jamari Sawyer was another guy who fell? Yeah, he was sixth round. Everybody I think thought he was, he was going like second or third round. Yeah, I mean, again, there was plenty of times where I was like, "Cool, if we go receiver at twenty four, like Sawyer, Canard, those are two guys I'd consider at fifty six, and I had them graded like in that round. So it was just, I don't know. Was that that one was very surprising to me to see how far those two guys fell because I just I thought they were good players. I knew they weren't like these exceptional athletes, but when you watch their tape, it's just like, yeah, these guys are good. How did you feel about Troy Anderson going at 58 early? Yeah. I mean, he was like, like again, I put him good. in my top 100 because of what he could be. Yeah. But I mean, he was like my 89th or some, some, you know, yeah. in that range. Yeah, I, I, I think it was like 95. my 10th like, linebacker. Yeah. Like I, I called him the defensive Taysom Hill. Like I, I don't, 58 just seems really early. He went before N'Kobe Dean, and I don't care if N'Kobe Dean lost a hand. I'd yeah. still draft N'Kobe Dean ahead of Troy Anderson. Absolutely. 10 out of 10 times. But I don't know. There's yeah, a lot of that, that this year. You know, like yeah. it just felt like there was so many. There was a lot of reaches, I felt like. And then there was a lot of guys who you – like for me, I'm – you know, the guy stayed as my top player on my board for three days. And I was like – you yeah. know, what is going on? You know, we're, we're doing live coverage and they're like, hey, what uh, who's your top player on your board? And for literally three days, it was almost every day. It was almost Jamari Sawyer. And I was like, I don't yeah. know why he's unavailable, but he is. <laughs> I mean, and, and and that's like it, it's just, you know, when we start doing the postmortems on the draft and it's like consensus big boards and things like that, leagues just they got whether it's meetings or whatever the medicals they'll just have different views on players sometimes yeah and you know and and that's why you know when people get ripped over their draft grades it's like well you know i thought this but clearly the teams right had different information yeah no i mean i'm i'm with you i'm with you i was so i think my biggest annoyance of the weekend was when they Charlie Collier went one pick before us in the fourth round because that was the guy I wanted. I really yeah. wanted Collier. Um, I felt like just we had talked about him a lot and like where he was going to go, and we were always like right, right, probably right at or right before one twenty nine. And I yep. was the only thing I wish outside of maybe doing something different in round one. Like I wish they would have moved one of those fifth round picks. Like if you tell me now that I would have lost Devin Harper potentially to make sure I got the prospect of Charlie Collier yep. signed me yeah. up every day. <laughs> well, I mean, I got to write about Bailey Zappi on Saturday. The boy nice. Skylar Thompson went to, who did he go to? He went to Miami and I'm not going to write it yet, but uh, when does Skylar take the job from Tua? It's in the drafts. I love okay? it. I'm not going to publish it yet, but it's in the drafts. I, I think the most, all right, here, the last question will, cause I like this discussion topic. What was the most exciting pick for you where you stood, whether it was Patriots or what, but one you just like, whether it was a guy you liked more, the consensus, whether it was just a perfect fit for you, it might've been Skylar Thompson, but where you just stood up and you were like, hell yeah, that's my guy. And I love it. Um, Stout being the first punter off the board. Okay. 
I, I was very excited for that because I actually did watch the punters. I had somebody reach out to me like for like a local paper from the town where he grew up and was like, you know, give me your thoughts on him. So I like watched the punters and I was impressed with his accuracy. So that was one I was kind of excited about. Um, who was it? It was Joshua Williams, the, the Fayetteville State kid. I was kind of excited to see him. I had somebody like talking him up to me. So I was excited to see that. Um, Skyler was definitely one that I was excited about. And I think it was nice to get Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> that, that, that was because I, Connor, you and I are both old enough to remember the Brock, Fur, Brock Purdy first round buzz. Oh, yeah. Those takes are out there. Brutal. Those tweets are still out there. Brutal. I think my favorite. So I, I have two. Tariq Woolen landing with Seattle as late oh, as he that's, did. That's so perfect. As late as he went. Because I was like, he might go top 50. Yeah, I mean, teams overdraft traits all the time. And he's six foot three, six foot four, 215 pounds, runs a four, two, six. Like, I thought there was a yeah. chance he went top 50. So to see him go as late as he did to Seattle. I thought it was perfect. And then um, the last one for me was Montana State Edge, Daniel Hardy getting drafted. Um, I watched just watching Troy Anderson. I was like, who's this like small dude rushing the passer who's just consistently in the backfield? And I was like, I, I did some research and I put him in my sleepers list on my draft guide. You know, like I, I was like, I feel like I've never heard this guy's name before, but I was like, right. dude, he's, he's like a freak athlete. You know, he's undersized, so it makes sense. But I was like, man, I'd love to see like a good team who doesn't need him to contribute right away, draft him, see if it, and it was the Rams, you know, they draft him late, you know, maybe he turns into something because he's got, you know, he's undersized, but he's got insane speed, insane flexibility, some juice. Um, so that was probably just a guy that I felt like I was talking about that nobody else was. And I was like, it's cool to see guys like that get drafted sometimes. That yeah, you I find. mean, for people like us, day three is the best day of the draft. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. yep. But um, that's all we got for today. We will. Uh, we might have one more talk in the draft episode um, coming out next week, where we we'll, might look a little bit deeper. You know, we'll have some rookie mini camp starting up, so talk about maybe some of the buzz, and then we'll start a transition. So we appreciate everyone following along this draft season. It's been a it's been long, but it's also been very quick. I feel like we, me and you, just started this journey not too long ago, and yeah. Um, it uh it came and went and it felt like it it did that very uh quickly um but it was a yeah. blast appreciate appreciate the conversations me and you had and appreciate everybody listening and following along we had a lot of fun doing it and we'll keep the keep the ball rolling into the season and, and can't wait for next year's talking the draft and again thank you guys mark thanks for a great first season on the show and i appreciate too, all buddy. the insight and We'll be back next week, I'm sure, with one more episode of Talk in the Draft, and then we'll start the transition. So thank you guys so much for listening, Mark. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys next week on Talk in the Draft.